Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, welcome back. Okay, this week we're going to talk about stamina. And stamina, uh, particularly mental stamina, is something I started talking about in 2020, dear Lord, after or once I guess we were starting to come out of the lockdown situations and starting to do things again. What I was noticing was that not only had we lost stamina as handlers, and I don't necessarily mean physical, you'll see what I mean. I mean physical too, but but our dogs had lost a lot of stamina in terms of their ability to work. You know, like I noticed when I started taking my dogs back to class, I mean, they were exhausted, of course, when I got home, but more than they had been, say, in February, right? And so it just, it kind of flipped a switch in me that I have not turned back off. I'm sort of continue to be obsessed with stamina, particularly mental stamina, everywhere I look. (laughs) And so um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Not necessarily my obsession, but like why I'm obsessed and why I think that stamina is super overlooked and really important. So the first thing, let's get let's get off the table physical stamina. I think physical stamina is a real thing, obviously, duh. Um, but it is a real thing both for people and for dogs. I think we are, of course, much better at improving our dog's physical stamina, their conditioning, than we are ourselves. Oh, shock. We do something for our dogs that we don't do ourselves. What a concept. Um, and uh, But I think that both are, e- are important. Obviously, the dog's physical stamina, you know, for conditioning reasons so that they are more likely to stay healthy, you know, reduce injuries. I mean, like be able to perform their jobs because we know that dogs will try. Their hearts are as big as the moon and they will always try. Or they also think, well, I could do it six months ago. Of course, I can still do this. And then, of course, they're exhausted or overtired or maybe strain a muscle or something, right? So we know this. We're logical about this. But a lot of us overlook our own physical stamina. And after periods of being off or rest or not doing trials or whatever, you know, we really need to pay attention to that as well. And of course, we all want to be in better shape than we are, whatever, whatever. We all want to be that, you know, some other, you know, some other version of ourselves. And that's not really what I'm talking about. What I am speaking to is this concept that we, stamina in both cases, whether it's in us or in the dogs, is developed over time. And I'm starting with physical because physical, in a lot of cases, it literally is a muscle or a group of muscles or all the muscles that really need to develop and need to stay strong in order to be able to do the job. 
Okay. Um, handlers, I know I've talked to handlers who were like, Hey, you got anything to help me run better, faster, whatever. And they hate my answer. They absolutely hate my answer. And that is, you know, your core, right? Your core is so strong and is, is so responsible for holding us up that, you know, sometimes you see agility handle handlers running and they're running sort of on their forehand, if you will. Um, and that's because their, their core can't really hold them up right? So nobody likes that answer. So people stopped asking me the question. But again, I just, that's just an example, right? Is that to know what physical requirements your sport has. And even if you are, you know, walking in obedience or in rally or something like that, where you don't feel it's physically taxing, you are standing up, you are, you know, getting unloading crates in and out of the car, you are doing, you know, other things and in obedience and rally, but particularly obedience, like posture is really important. Like being able to, you know, present a certain picture to your dog is really important. It's important in other sports too. That's just the one that comes to mind right now. Okay. So I'm not going to overlook physical stamina. We need physical stamina. I think that that's what people think of when I say stamina. They think like the ability to like make it through a day. Um, but what I'm really talking about and what I want to spend time on today is mental stamina. And while I don't usually cover training things, we are going to talk about our dog's mental stamina as well and how to improve that because both are hugely important, especially in the ring. Okay. So let's talk first about um, dogs' mental stamina. And um, like I started to say, when we were coming out of the pandemic is when I first started to really notice that our dogs had lost some of that muscle, if you will, right? Again, using physical um, as our sort of table, um, table stakes, whatever, you know what I mean, as our example. Um the mental stamina that dogs had or their ability to work, you know, and be able to think through what they were doing for the length of a class. So let's say an hour or 45 minutes or something like that. Um, I saw it greatly reduced. And what happens is, is when the dogs don't have the stamina to keep working for that amount of time, especially the length of a class, which is ironically the, the longest we really ever asked them to work at one time, um, what you start to see is really different dog to dog. Some dogs, they're, they're cool. They just flop down and they're just like a puddle of fur and they're just like, can't, I can't anymore. Other dogs stress up, which is really confusing because you're like, why is my dog just getting crazy or snarky or, you know, being rude or not listening anymore. And he's just being wild or he's over there sniffing in the corner or whatever, whatever. It's because he's run out. He's run out. It's on E like he's tapped out. Okay. Um, you know, some dogs like stress down or disconnect or, so I think what sometimes happens is that we misunderstand the signs that our dogs are giving us when we are asking them to do something. Okay. And so that comes into play all over the place. It could come into play, well, they haven't trialed in a while. So they walk in a trial environment and it's too much and they shut down or they, you know, stress up or whatever, whatever. And we, one thing that someone told me a long time ago, actually it was Rachel Sanders, who I have a ton of respect for. She said to me, she said, you know, dogs have to learn stress. And of course, at the moment, I just like stared at her like, what? Um, and uh, but she said to me, she's like, dogs have to learn stress, you know, in their environment, the way that 
you know, they were developed, right? Um, it's fight or flight. You know, they see a threat or they see something that they can't handle, deal with, don't want to deal with, whatever. They fight or they fly. They fly away, right? Bye-bye. Um, some of them freeze, some of them, you know, deer, whatever, but like flight or fight. So dogs have to learn that they can make it through a whole class, a whole run, and they'll be okay. That that stress that they're feeling, that discomfort that they're feeling from being faced with a new environment or something that's difficult, something that's hard for them, um, maybe a crazy environment like going to like a national event or something where it's like multiple rings and or loudspeakers or all of these other things that aren't don't happen at your local trial. You know, they have to learn that they're going to get to the other side of that because they don't have this concept of future that you can't look at them and be like, in 82 seconds, this will be over, you know, or you're going to be in the obedience ring for five minutes and then it's going to be fine. They don't have that sense of time. Like time doesn't work that way for them. And so what Rachel's point was, is that we have to sort of introduce dogs to stress. Now it's not like stress, like, um, you know, like an 180 degrees, no water, you know, for six hours. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about the stamina that goes along with that. So I equate that to mental stamina that dogs need to develop in order to be able to work for duration or work in tough environments in a tough environment being like a national or something like that, where there's, you know, like I said, multiple rings, loudspeakers, crazy crating areas, um, you know, wild schedules, just really different than what they're used to, the calm environment of a one ring trial. And so when we think of it that way, we start to look at it through a different lens because just like the physical stamina requires conditioning, so does mental stamina. We have to provide the space for our dogs to develop mental stamina, or as Rachel had said to me years and years ago, like be able to get used to being under stress and knowing that they'll be fine, right? My first, um, that's redundant, my novice A uh, dog, he, in agility, for the longest time, he would just like check out. I mean, he literally a couple times left the ring. He was just like, peace out, can't handle it. And in talking to a communicator, yeah, it really came up that it was just, it was just stress. He just didn't know how much longer he could go on with this. Now, mind you, the whole thing was 52 seconds, but, you know, um, he didn't make it past 30 seconds and he was like, peace out, can't, can't. And eventually he learned and we did things and, you know, I did things and, and he just went to more and more trials and he learned that like, oh, I get it. And he develops mental stamina. So not only was he good at the local trials, but then he could be good at a bigger stage and then he could be good at a specialty or he could be good at a national or invitational or something like that. And he, they learn that. So a lot of the times we don't even think about it, right? We just let the dog go merrily along, developing their mental stamina on their own timeline, you know, as they go um, and just la-di-da-di-da, they'll get there eventually, right? And that's why we expose dogs to all these different things. You know, I call it like the puppy scavenger hunt, right? The puppy has to see a man in a hat and a man in a beard and go to Home Depot and see, you know, uh, you know, all of these things, right? Those little things that we do for exposure. And that's all super, super important. But it also is a bit of mental stamina in there. And so most of us just go merrily along, let our dogs figure it out. 
hope that they will figure it out and off we go. Um, but I think what happens is, is that we then get into a situation where our dog doesn't perform well or can't perform the way we expect and they act weird, right? Different. They do something weird or they disconnect or whatever it is. And we're like really caught off guard. And yes, it's going to surprise us. But what's actually underneath there is that they didn't have the mental stamina to perform maybe in that environment, in that context, right? We, we often acknowledge that dogs don't contextualize like humans do, right? They don't walk into a living room expecting to see a TV, a couch, a chair, you know, a coffee table. They walk into a living room and they're like, oh, look, a TV. Oh, look, a couch, right? And so we have to remember that they're not, they don't process like us. They don't have expectations of a certain environment. So by teaching them mental stamina by exposing them, yes, by asking them to work just a little longer, by asking them to do something that's difficult for them, but then seeing that they're stressed and relieving, knowing when to release that stress and say like, got it, that's enough of this environment, let's get you out of here. Um, That's how we start to build the stamina in a positive way that allows them to be able to work and be able to work for longer periods of time and in different environments, okay? And some other, you know, another dog trainer might use different vocabulary. It's just really what I'm seeing and what I'm seeing with my coaching clients. And speaking of, this, we had this conversation the other day on a coaching call, and um, one of my clients was saying, because um, we were talking about her dog having trouble um, working in a ring environment, but of course, you know, ex- as you can expect, I'm going to say, he's perfect at home, Right. And so we were talking about like, well, his like a work ethic and him being able to work for longer periods of time. And what she said back to me was she said, well, I I want, I've really been focused on making sure he has fun. And I said, fabulous. But to me, not but, and I should say, and to me, that is the other side of the stamina coin or the other side of the coin, right? Mental stamina on one side and fun is on the other because we want our dogs to have fun. We want our dogs to enjoy what it is that they do. And we encourage them and we work at it, right? We, we do a lot of work for fun, right? And so we want to make sure that whether they're playing with tug toys or they're, you know, having fun or whatever that looks like for them, that they are able to do that. But the flip side is also stamina. So I think it's an interesting, it's not a balance in that they're they it's yang and yang or like they're opposites at all so maybe the coin metaphor isn't perfect but let's go with it um but it is that we want our dogs to have a good time but how they have a good time remember is also by gaining confidence and so that mental stamina teaches them that they can be confident in different situations and again work for as long as they need to work so when we are exposing them to different things and we are lengthening duration and we are having fun and they are they are getting rewarded and there is time for play and there is time for all of those things then it becomes this fun balance where you see these dogs who you know go to an agility trial or an obedience trial or a water trial and they go and they are like ready to go happy to be there they you see them sort of take a look around and be like oh jumps today. I know what we're doing today. I know what game we're playing today. And they're like, yes, let's do it. This is fun. I love my job. And I have the mental stamina to do this, 
right? Versus another dog who gets there and you see them kind of be like, oh, I'm starting to worry a little bit. And the handler's like, no, fun, here, have this toy, have fun, have fun, have fun. When really the dog's cluing them that like either they're uncomfortable or they just don't have the mental stamina yet, yet, yet is the key word there. Okay. So I set up all of this in the dog context because I think most of you are probably nodding your heads. Maybe you haven't used the mental stamina word before, but maybe you can see where your dog hasn't had the mental stamina to be able to do something. And remember, stamina is built just like physical stamina, which is why I grounded us in that conversation. It's something that is built with repetition and duration And the, you know, if you can go for one minute, then you can go for two minutes and you go for three minutes, you know, it's that kind of a thing, you know, dogs who can go to a trial and do one, you know, obedience run a day versus dogs who can go to a double rally trial and do six runs in a day, you know, that just didn't happen. You know, that requires a lot of mental stamina, mental stamina for that dog to be able to kind of get back up and be focused. Um, just like dogs where you're like, yeah, the first two runs are great, but the third run I'm losing him and he's wild and he's happy. And I don't know why I'm, you know, so again, mental stamina, do they have the mental stamina to work for that length of time and enjoy what they're doing, right? Because they go together. Okay. So I'm going to take a break, but now we're going to switch to handler mental stamina, which is the real reason (laughs) for this conversation. Not the real reason. Both conversations are important. I just know you care more about your dog sometimes than you care about your own mindset, but we're here to fix that. So I'll be right back. Okay, super quick. If you've been DIYing your mindset, it might be time to commit to the Q membership. Each month, we take on a different theme and go deep on those topics each week. Handlers report back they have improved their confidence, gotten a handle on pressure, reduced their ring nerves, and more. The link to the membership is always in the show notes, and there's a monthly and annual option. If you choose the annual option, be sure to put Q Podcast in at checkout to get an additional month for free. You also get a coaching call with me. Back to the show. Okay, let's talk mental stamina for handlers. Okay. So when we're talking about this, now that we're grounded in like physical stamina, stamina, got it. You know what I mean by that? You know how to get more of that. Um, And then we talked about the dogs and how they're, when they don't have enough mental stamina, kind of what that might look like and how to get more of that for them. Well, it's really important that as handlers, we have the mental stamina to be able to do our lives, and particularly our dog lives, and really particularly our competition lives, okay? So I don't know if you can remember the first time you ever went to a trial, and um, or how that felt, or how overwhelming it was, or all of the different things that you had to process as a handler, but there's a lot, you know? I can absolutely remember my first obedience trial, I can absolutely remember my first draft trial and my first agility trials. All those firsts are very easy for me to pick out of the memory bank. And what I don't really remember is how much I slept the next day. (laughs) Because again, you know, kind of like our dogs, first time in, in first environments, I mean, I was, everything was a sponge. Everything was new. 
everything people were saying to me, the like offhanded comments someone would make is just make sure you check in. And I was like, I don't know how to check in. Um, you know, and they would just say it like, duh, everybody knows how to check in. Um, but I didn't know. And so, but you're picking up on all of these things that are brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new. And by the end of the day, you know, someone would say like, Hey, what's your name? And you're like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I knew this morning. Um, but I'd have to check my driver's license to let you know what my name is. I think I know how to drive, right? Because you're fried, right? Is that It's that feeling that we often label being fried. And it's when we're, we're done, we've taken in all that we can take in, we can't take no more. And so that is, you know, our mental stamina. Now, how we develop that over time and, you know, how I developed it, right? You go to more obedience trials, you go to more, you know, agility, draft, water, whatever is your sport. You go to more of them, you get the hang of things, things get more and more comfortable and you start getting the hang of it, right? You start knowing what to expect. And by knowing what to expect, you start having a little more, for feeling a little more in control of the environment, right? Because you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to be surprised when you go to a, an event and they ask you to check in. You're like, well, of course, just point me in the right direction. And versus the first time you go and you're like, what do you mean? Check in. Like, I don't, I'm here. What I'm done. Um, right. Or in the days where we would pick up numbers or stickers or things like that. Right. So we develop mental stamina by repetition and we're not very conscious about it sometimes until we go to maybe a big event or we go, we go and we decide that we're going to go spend a week at our national specialty and we think, oh my God, right? And the first week we do, again, we're drowning or we're overwhelmed. So we want to make sure that we are mentally prepared for those, for those kind of events and we are actively developing our own mental stamina. Because the problem is, is that we, if, if we get to a big event and maybe it's just a big trial, maybe you just decided to broaden your horizons and go to the big obedience trial that you don't normally go to. And it's like three rings going and you usually do one ring trials or something, right? It's that moment of like, how is this going to work? So a few things start to happen right? The first thing is we feel a little bit vulnerable slash out of control because there's now there's a new variable or several new variables that we can't predict. And that can put us off and start to make us feel nervous. Okay. And my nervous are air quotes. You just can't see that. Um, because it could be, it's, it's nervous as a continuum, right? All the way up to anxiety down to, uh, yeah, I was a little unsettled, right? So that when that, can throw us off. And it when it throws us off, then it's one thing that we don't control. Whereas when we went to the small trials or before we like kind of understood how it worked, now we don't know. Now it's new. And now that starts to freak us out. We haven't even thought about our ring performance yet. We're still on the like logistics of like, what's the parking lot like? You know, where where will I check in? Um, did they say that it's they have real bathrooms or porta potties? You know, like we're still on that level. But when we add new places or big events or week-long things and, and there's all of these like new variables of like, I don't know how that's going to work. For some of us, that can be really unsettling and it really can trip up our like our need to or desire just to want to control or want to understand or predict really, which is, is probably more accurate, like what's going to happen. Now, when that happens to us, now we're starting to use our precious brain energy on things not in the ring, 
Okay. So now we're spending, if we have a hundred energy units in a day, normally we don't spend, but like 10 energy units and making this up obviously, but like 10 energy units on, you know, parking and checking in and all that, because we know the venue, but now you take the same person and you put them in an environment like a national, a specialty, an invitational, something like that. And they've never been there. And there's five rings and there's, you know, all this emailing paperwork and all this kind of stuff. Now they're using like, again, making this up 40 energy units, right. And just figuring out like, am am I going to have time to pee? Okay. And so what that does is it starts to invade our mental game. Okay. Because now we had all these energy units we were going to use in our performance, but now we're having to give some of that to, you know, making sure that we have enough time to get our dogs ready. Okay. So that's why mental stamina. And that's why stuff like this matters. Because if we are not in a mental shape to do that, we're going to feel the effects much more greatly, right? And and we're, it's really potentially going to take a toll on our performance, or it's going to take a toll on our enjoyment of the weekend. Um, and we need to really think about that. So how do we get mental stamina, right? Because by now you're realizing that like, yeah, I can point to a time where that was true. Or I can point to a time where I went to a week long event. And by day three, I was, you know, just exhausted, you know, spending time in my room eating microwave popcorn, because I didn't want to go out, you know, kind of a thing. So, um, and how did your dog feel, right? How were they doing as well, right? Um, again, some dogs stress up, some dogs, you know, stress down, they just become like a puddle uh, of hair. Um, I have one dog who actually my first dog was like this too, just gets cranky, just gets crabby. So we do too. All right. And we need to be aware of that. And we need to be aware of how that impacts then our performance. So mental stamina, how do we get it? Okay, because now you have it. Now your wheels are turning. I know they are. And you're thinking of all these different examples. And maybe this is just a different phrase that someone has labeled it. Um, I, anyone who's worked in corporate and sat in a windowless meeting for six, eight hours knows what mental stamina also feels like and how you can be exhausted from just sitting in a room all day. Um, but let's now switch gears and talk about how we get more of it. Okay. So of course, exposure, 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 exposure is definitely a part of that. Another part of that, you know, which you, by the way, you'll just get right. That's it's almost organic that the more you do, the more you'll have, the more you'll, the more you'll get, you'll be able to focus, et cetera. The other thing is really concentrating on your ability to stay present and your ability to focus for longer and longer periods of time. As a, as a species, I suppose, we are, our mental stamina is really going down. We are easily distracted. We allow ourselves to, you know, scroll for hours on social media just to even numb out or escape or, you know, just get away from the day, right? Um, some people come back from work and just sit and play games, you know, all day, either on the on TV, and maybe they're a full-on gamer and like the good chair and everything, or maybe they're just playing on their phone and it's just a way to escape and it's just a way to numb out and it's just a way to drown out. When you do that, notice why it is that you go to that. Notice why it is that that's your escape hatch and why you feel like you need it. Okay, because what probably preceded that is you tapped out somewhere your brain was like, 
I'm on E. I had nothing else to give. I'm done for the day. I just want to sit here with my phone or my iPad in my hand and just, you know, play this play solitaire for like the next three hours. Right. And then what happens is that becomes habit and your brain gets used to that being your relief valve. Okay. And by the way, it can be a really good relief valve. At a trial, if you need distraction, like go play a game, like please. Like there's a time and a place for all of this. All I'm saying is notice what has you do that and how often you're needing to do that. Because the truth is, is we are allowing ourselves a little bit off the hook by not kind of staying in the present moment and not staying in um, kind of what we're feeling or doing, et cetera. Okay. How that shows up in the ring, I've had handlers say, God, I get through half my course and then I forgot the course. Uh, or I got, to, I got to this point and then I didn't even realize I couldn't, I didn't remember what I was doing. Or I forgot my plan. Okay. And so we happen to be in a sport where we need to be able to focus for the whole length of time. And that takes mental stamina. Okay. So as you can tell from this conversation, there's a lot of things that are related into this, but our ability to stay in the present moment and stay focused for longer and longer periods of time is crucial to being able to perform the way I know we all want to perform. And when we continually let ourselves off the hook or let ourselves be distracted and so on and so forth, then we degrade that, right? So, you know, being aware of that, being aware of how much you use, you know, whatever, whatever your thing is, whether it's just watching TV, again, playing games, et cetera. Building that means, or building mental stamina means, you know, maybe not going to that right away or maybe sitting with, you know, more, you know, meditation or being places where you have to focus on something, thinking about your breath for three minutes is probably three minutes longer than you thought about it yesterday, right? So those are some ways that we can sort of grow that outside of just organic and just being able to do it over and over again. Um, And the other thing is, is like, yes, unless you're, you know, if you're at a trial and you're using it as a distraction because you're nervous, I'm all for playing games. If you're using it just because, I don't know, you don't, you don't want to do it anymore or like the trial's too hard or whatever, whatever, then think about that and think about how you're getting in the way of your organic development of your mental stamina. Okay. So I just, you know, mental stamina is one of those things that's, it's not like wave a magic wand or there's not necessarily a specific tool in the toolbox for this, but it is a thing that we have to develop awareness around because our mental stamina affects our performance. Our dog's mental stamina affects their performance, affects how much fun they're having. It all affects both of our confidence levels. Uh, so we really need to be aware of, do we ourselves and do we as our dog and our team have the mental stamina to do the jobs that we're asking ourselves to do? And if not, what are we going to do about it? Right. And how are we going to give ourselves breaks during the day if we're like, you know, you're exhausted by one o'clock and you still have another run, you know, not until three or four. So how are you going to get through the day? How are you going to acknowledge that, ooh, I'm exhausted. I need a break or I need to um, you know, go sleep in the car for 20 minutes or something to re-energize or give myself a break or get myself out of this environment, get, listen to some music, um, some of those things, just like we would do for our dogs. Don't know if they like music, but like might, we might put them back in the car or something like that just to give them a mental break as well as a physical break. So 
this is food for thought. I've got, I, you know, I've gone on long enough about this topic. You could tell I, I'm kind of passionate about it. And it's something that comes up a lot in my coaching calls with clients, just about what we are doing to be very conscious about this. So homework for the week is just notice, right? Notice all the places of mental drain or mental stamina or how your dogs do in certain environments and when they look mentally tired versus physically tired and what that means and how we can develop that. So let that noodle around. Would love to know your thoughts. And no matter what you're doing this week, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at theqcoach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.